Crazy by Willie Nelson, vocals by Patsy Cline. This song is a classic masterwork, not only in country, but within all genres of music. As we shall see in this analysis, the melody, harmony, and rhythm contain motivic hooks that make this work immediately recognizable and unforgettable. I do not believe there is a better interpretation of a song in any style of music that surpasses Patsy Cline's vocal rendition of Crazy. Her delivery and phrasing is nuanced in such a way that cannot be fully and properly described. Feeling, intonation, and inflection on every note is perfection. As with other artists such as George Jones, Tammy Wynette, Hank Williams, and Johnny Cash, to name a few, not only singing the lyrics, but also reflecting the hardships they have endured with each and every note sung. See podcast number 50, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry, Hank Williams, as an example. It has been said, country music is three chords and the truth. In this instance, we see Willie Nelson's mastery of harmony and melodic construction that would do justice to any jazz composer. The melody is a textbook example of the importance of linking a certain interval or intervals with a lyric, phrase, or complete work. In podcast 39, I give examples of this. This is vital in connecting with the listener. Years ago, there was a TV show called Name That Tune, whereby contestants would compete for prizes based on who could name a song in the shortest amount of time by hearing the fewest notes. For example, I can name that song in two notes. This is possible because of the opening intervals, as an interval is the distance between any two notes. For example, Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz opens with an octave jump. This would be eight notes in the scale. Octave is the Latin word for eight. I will play the first two notes now and then a little bit of the opening phrase. Willie Nelson's use of certain intervals created multiple melodic motivic hooks. If you are not familiar with intervals, do not worry. Just think of the distance between notes. Possibly play a chord on your instrument and practice jumping between notes in that chord. Many modern songwriters have no formal training in music, using their inner musical ear and natural talent to guide them as to the choice of chord and chord tones. The combination of Willie Nelson's music and Patsy Cline's vocal create a true masterpiece. The overall architecture. It's in 4-4 time, B-flat major. The chords in B-flat major are B-flat, C minor, D minor, E-flat, F-seventh, G minor, A-diminished, back to B-flat. The sections are introduction, verse 1, verse 2, bridge, or B section, verse 3, coda, verse 3 again, and coda. There are two main motivic hooks that permeate every section of this song. Motive A features two eighth notes with an interval leap, as we hear in the opening as Patsy sings Crazy. 
The second motive, motive B, is two sets of quarter note triplets, the first three notes featuring the arpeggio of the chord sounding, then leaping up a certain interval before it descends into a rest at the end of the phrase. Melodically, these are the two main hooks of the song. The introduction. An introduction sets the time signature, tempo, key, mood, and general feel of the work. This introduction gives us a preview of the chords, progressions, rhythmic figures, and melodic motives. Please listen to the original recording, as I do not want to break any copyright laws. However, I will play various examples. Verse number one is eight measures long. First, let's look at the harmony. As I said earlier, we are in the key of B-flat major. I will now play and list the chords. B-flat, the one chord. A-flat, the flat seven. G7, the sixth dominant seventh. C minor, the two chord. C minor sharp seven. C minor seventh. F seven, the five chord. B flat, the one. B diminished, the sharp one diminished. C minor seventh, the two. F seven, the five chord. Now I will play them in time as they appear in the song. So what we just heard was the B-flat chord, the one chord, for three beats in the first measure. Then on the fourth beat, we hear a passing chord, an A-flat major chord on the fourth beat of the first measure, one half step above the next chord, G7, in the second measure. The sixth chord, G, in the key of B-flat, is G minor, transformed into a G7 by changing the third of the chord, the B-flat, to a B-natural. This creates a secondary dominant chord. See podcast number 22. When you change one of the secondary chords in any key, the 2, 3, or 6, to a 7th chord, you create this secondary dominant. Thereby, you have created an implied 5-7th chord, creating dissonance, pull, and color. In this case, G7 is the 5-7 dominant in the key of C major or C minor an implied modulation. You can stay in the new key or remain in the original. Here we do that. We stay in the original key because we move to C minor, which is the two chord in the key of B flat. In the next two measures, Willie Nelson uses a technique used extensively in jazz. It's called coming down against a minor. The root C comes down in half steps, creating first we have C minor, then we have C minor sharp seven, and then C minor seven. 
Sometimes they come down to one more to C minor sixth. Here we stay with C minor seventh, the two chord in this key. Also, I'd like to mention previously we had that A flat on one beat as a passing chord. That is used quite a bit in jazz. Not only as a chord, but they will improvise against the B flat chord, then the A flat chord, then to the G7 chord. That's how you get that transition sound in jazz. This technique has been around for hundreds of years coming down off a minor. The beginning of Stairway to Heaven features this sound. The fifth and sixth measure is an F7 chord. The 5-7 in the key of B-flat, leading to the first ending, which is B-flat for two beats, B-diminished, the passing chord, C-minor 7th, the 2 chord, and then F-7th. Now, the minor 7th is also a commonly used chord in jazz. Instead of just using a minor chord, they will substitute a minor 7th or a minor 9 and other extensions of the basic chord. This first ending is known as a turnaround because it leads us back to the verse. I'd also like to mention that the C minor 7th, F7, B flat, the 2 minor 7, 5, 7, 1 is one of the main progressions in jazz. Countless books have been written on this subject. The classic Satin Doll is a prime example of a song created totally on 2-5-1 progressions in different keys. Now for the melody of verse 1. There are four phrases. The first phrase, crazy. Patsy sings from D to F below it. The third and fifth of the B-flat chord, chord tones. This is the first motive I talked about, motive A. Two eighth notes featuring a certain interval. Here it is a major sixth downward. This supports, enhances, and colors the lyric crazy, making it memorable and instantly recognizable. The second phrase opens with a pickup note on the lyric um, sliding into two quarter note triplets outlining a G7th arpeggio against the G7th chord being played for the lyrics crazy four. G, B, and D, the first, third, and fifth of the G chord then leaping up a perfect fourth to the high G, coming down to the F and the D, the root, the seventh, and the fifth for the lyric Feeling So, which leads us into E-flat and G, a major third on Lonely. Here we have the two motives combined. We have heard motive B on crazy for feeling so and motive A for lonely. Notice how Patsy phrases these quarter note triplets. As any great singer or soloist interprets a melody or a solo, making it uniquely their own. Think of a great horn player such as Miles Davis and what is possible with a note or a phrase or David Gilmour and other great guitarists bending one note into another note. For example, an F sharp, an F, or even an E up into a G, creating a great color, emotion, and expression. If you listen to this song at a slow speed as I did, you'll be amazed at what she does with each note. The embellishment, the vibrato that rises and falls on one note, and so much more. Phrase three, I'm crazy. At the end of measure four, we hear a high G embellished, then falling a minor seven 
to an A, the third of the F7 chord. Mode of A, one more time. Phrase four, the first ending. Crazy for feeling so blue. Mode of B, this time, the F arpeggio, FAC, on crazy four, preparing the minor seventh leap all the way up from C to high B flat on feel before sliding down through the notes A and G for the lyrics feeling so to the F note resting on the fifth of the B flat chord for blue. At this point, we have the melody rest as the chords play the two-measure turnaround mentioned earlier on the section on harmony. Verse number two. The first three phrases are practically the same as in the first verse with some slight variation to accommodate the new lyrics. I know you'd love me as long as you wanted. And then someday concludes the third phrase. The main difference is in the fourth phrase, Leave me for somebody new. This is the second ending. Here we have motive B leading us to the end of the second verse with a final cadence on B flat, preparing us for the entrance of the bridge, the B section. The bridge. The bridge opens with the four chord in the key of B flat, E flat major. The four chord is commonly used to signal a new section has arrived. Great continuity is achieved with the preceding verses in that the phrase construction follows the same alternating pattern of motives A and B. Phrase 1, worry, motive A. Phrase 2, why do I let myself worry? This is motive B. The third phrase, wondering. This is motive A. And the fourth phrase, what in the world did I do? This is motive B. And then we rest on the 5-7 chord, F7, leading to verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3 is interesting, for it starts off as before with the first two phrases repeated with new lyrics. Crazy for thinking that my love could hold you. But then it changes. Then we move to the coda, an entirely new section alluded to instrumentally in the introduction. We hear the lyrics, I'm crazy for trying, crazy for crying, and I'm crazy for loving you. The melody is a mixture of motives A and B, moving in a descending pattern, then rising up to what seems like the conclusion. The chords also follow this descending pattern. E flat major 7, 4 chord, D minor 7, 3 chord, C minor 7, the 2 chord, and then ending with B flat major 7 on the 1 chord. However, instead of ending, we now hear an F sharp 7 chord, the 5 7 in the key of B major. We have modulated one half step higher. The verse and coda is now repeated in the key of B major, bringing us to the conclusion. In summary, what we have seen in this classic country song is the use of chords and progressions used primarily for jazz compositions combined with the interplay of two motivic hooks 
using a combination of interval and rhythmic figures that permeate every measure. All this combined with Patsy Cline's amazing vocal interpretation, talent, technique, and abilities have created a masterpiece of modern music. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.